Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Back in action. Back in action with our 12.30 versus the 7 p.m. last week. I think I like the 12.30 better. Cole, what do you think? I do. I I love this time. Yeah. It's morning for you, right? Morning. Start the day off right. I always get off these calls so juiced up. I either go straight into like a three-hour writing session or I got to hit the gym. I'm just feeling great. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. All right, drop in the chat. What's been your highest performing topic so far? And is that the topic you expected when you came into Ship 30? That's the real question. The number number one thing we find is how many people come in and say, I'm going to write about X and then three or four days in they're like oh, i've said everything i need to say about x <laughs> and then they're on to a new topic daniel i think we have some people in the waiting room mindful parenting that's a great category cool ship 30 reflections zettelkasten schools in the pandemic turning writing into tiktoks very cool mm. Yeah, we're working on some stuff with TypeShare in Instagram in the future. I saw some people doing some Instagram repurposing, which I thought was pretty cool. What else we got? Asking better questions. Love it. Atomic visuals. Laura, you're crushing it. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to talk about highest performing. That's a great question. What does it mean to be your highest performing topic? Lots of different questions you can ask, and we're going to dive into all that today. I think talking about failure, bone health. Cool. Not keeping track. Well, you will after today. Don't worry. You got a long <laughs> feature ahead of you. Long feature. First time female founders. That is an awesome specific group. You could even add female founders in blank space, mm. right? In SaaS, in B2B whatever it is we will go over that today bum, bum, bum. there you go cheryl awesome um what else what else meditation in one minute cool all right i'm juiced up let's get it going today we got tons to cover today so thanks everyone for showing up if you made it to this session ooh. Ooh, we got a lot to throw at you. This is one of our favorites. And this is a completely new session. This is new to this cohort. So anyone who's an alum, um, you've never seen this one before. We threw this one together because we talk about it a lot and wanted to clarify it. But first, a couple quick logistics. TypeShare is back. We have made amends with all of the Twitter engineers who thought we were a, <laughs> uh, a you know, a Russian bot farm or whatever it was that caused us to get flagged for just being one of the most prolific apps using the Twitter API. So we're fully back. Um, we got some gifts and badges and lots of cool stuff coming to everyone for being a, a TypeShare early adopter and being there for breaking it for, for the very first time. So that we're very excited about. We'll send an email around today. Um, don't feel, forget to fill out this goals and struggle survey. So we want to know kind of what you're looking to get out of writing online, especially as we finish up these last two weeks, help us send you the right information of um, kind of your digital writing treasure map that we will talk about later. So make sure you fill that out. That is on your email. And then week three of the curriculum, get to it if you can. If not, remember you got access forever. So you can always dive back into that. We know there's a lot right there. 
And then lastly, um, Friday's live session is Twitter Threads 101, kind of my wheelhouse. Um, my favorite session, that one is always so good. So block some time for that one. And that's it. That's it for the week ahead, Cole. You think I, uh, oh, uh, I guess one more thing, check out the Q&A replays. So all the Q&A replays are on Circle. We've done two of them now. Um, and if you have any other questions you want answered in this week's, make sure you submit them by Friday. We're going to keep doing those probably every week for a while. So we got a lot of questions to answer. They give us a ton of ideas of content to make and things to create and things to clarify for you all. So send those our way. Nice. I think that's it. Couple shout outs. All right, some shout outs. Here we go. Go for it. uh, Worth sharing. I mean, Anna first retweet on one of my essays. You know, it seems so small, but this stuff is significant. It matters. It's really, really cool. You know, celebrate the small wins. Uh, I think I said in the last session, I will never forget the very first comment on the first thing that I wrote on the internet when I was a teenager. I, I thought, you know, that everything was going to happen for me after that one comment, you know, that's all it took. So don't discount the small stuff because it really is cool. So congrats, Anna. Uh, This is another great example of the more you write, the more you write, you know, the more you write, the easier it gets. Some, some people start ship 30 going, I only write one thing a month or one thing a year. And then they get into it and all of a sudden they're writing one thing a week or one thing a day or multiple things a day right? Because you're practicing not just the act of writing, but also the act of publishing. And it's completing that loop that really allows you to get faster and faster. So congrats, Susan. Love seeing this type of growth. Really, really cool. Um, and it's something that happens, you know, to, to everyone. This can happen to everyone as long as you stick with it. This is another really cool outcome. Uh, obviously not something that we deliberately plan for uh, because we don't really focus on sales copywriting exclusively in ship 30, but the one, three, one framework, you know, the different hooks that we uh, present the different formatting techniques, the way we think about uh, using the endless idea generator, all of these things can be applied to every type of writing um, copywriting and sales writing, especially. So using some of these techniques and applying them to a landing page or to a newsletter or even to a script for a YouTube video or something can be really, really effective. So we love seeing this. We really encourage uh, everyone to use these frameworks in different ways, explore them, you know, try them out, see what you come up with. This probably my favorite win of the week, use the moment in time hook and it 10 X my impressions. Okay. This this happens. All right. There's a reason why we're sharing. We call them proven methods for a reason. Okay. Because they work. They work. I remember Dickie, you're you, when we were workshopping your thread, I think, I think that those two in, words. Yeah. Those in two 1982 words. is all you added. And that one, I think to this day, like one of my three or four most successful ones. So the moment in time, my favorite, it's my go-to. I use it. I use it like in my daily speaking when I uh-huh. want to get someone's attention, you just set the scene, right? Make them want to go grab their blanket and, and cuddle up by the fire because they're being told a story. You just be surprised how, how effective it is. Yeah. So try these things out. And actually later um, in this session, I'm going to show you an example of, I recently used the moment in time. I used it a day or two ago and we'll talk through kind of how to think about it. And also, you know, just because it's a, it's a proven technique doesn't mean that 
oh, if you put a date, then you're immediately going to get a million views, right? That's not what it means. It just means that it's a proven way of organizing your idea and attracting attention. And your job is to figure out, well, how do I keep trying to use this in a way that works for my readers? So we're going to talk about that through a data lens uh, in a little bit. And then this too, you know, using these skills uh, in new and different ways, using them to write a cover letter. The thing I loved about, about this, the reason why I wanted to share it is just look at the way that this is formatted. First clear sentence, bullet, 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 right? Like immediately this is easier to read than if all of this content was said in one big paragraph, right? So you can see how these tiny little tweaks, like they might seem so insignificant, but they really do make a difference. The moment I saw this, I was like, oh, this is easy to read. And then I read it, right? So uh, really great job, Reese. Uh, encourage all of you to keep, keep playing with these things. They can be applied. That's, that's why we keep saying this is all about learning how to fish. Once you learn how these things work, you can apply them to everything. So, all right, let's dig in. We've got two big sections that we're going to cover today, part one and part two. Okay, so part one, we're going to talk about what to look for. So this is the, what data points should you be paying attention to? What metrics are worthwhile? Okay. And then part two is great. Now that you know that, here's how to double down on them. Yeah. So drop in the chat real quick on a scale of one to 10, how do you, how confident are you in interpreting analytics? So zero to 10, if I give you everything that you have right now on TypeShare, what to, you know, what to look for, or do you know how to, extract insights, right? So there's one thing to know just the difference between likes, retweets, comments, et cetera. So uh, I see average probably about a four, some people higher, some people zero. So our goal is to take everyone to a 10 after this, where it's like everything you write goes back to our very first call of treating your writing like a startup, where you are getting customer feedback with everything you put out into the market. And we're going to show you how to iterate your product based on what the market's telling you. So keep that frame of mind as we're doing this, right? You're putting things out there, you're getting market feedback, and now we're going to show you how to iterate on it. Yeah, and the the big thing that I just, I really want to iterate here is this is not, I'm going to be super clear, this is not a, you open your analytics, the answer is revealed, and then you're done right? That, that's not what this is. What this is, is a method of learning. It's a method that you can keep coming back to over and over again. And this is how I've done it on multiple platforms, starting from zero. Okay. You don't wake up and start with 10,000 followers. You start with zero. This is exactly how Dickie grew from, I have a couple hundred followers to I have hundreds of thousands of followers, right? So I really want to reiterate that the, the goal here is not to walk away and go, someone handed me the answer on a silver platter and now I'm done. And now everything I write goes viral and now all my problems are fixed, right? This is a method for you to keep learning as you continue writing so that you can make conscious decisions about what's working, what's not, what you enjoy, what you don't. Okay. So I just, let's set that stage accordingly. So here's the big idea for 18 days. Now you've been writing, you've been publishing, you've been gathering data. You've been trying things. Doesn't matter if the data points are small. Doesn't matter if you feel like there's no breakout data points yet. You've just been making a bunch of noise and that's good. That is good. 
Now we're going to talk about how to listen to the signals that you're, that you're gathering and how to understand what the signals are trying to tell you. That's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed over the years with writers is that even if it's a small breakout data point, most writers just look at it and go, that was cool, right? But they, they don't really sit there and examine and think, well, what can I learn from this? You know, why, why does this matter? So that's what we're going to talk about. So the first big thing is all signal is good signal, okay? Even if you write a bunch of things that don't perform well, even if you get negative feedback, even if some of the comments don't make you happy, you know, everything that you're writing is a signal. So if you're writing for 18 days, 20 days, 30 days, 60 days, and no one's reading your work, that's a signal, right? That, that means that there's more to explore. That means that there's some new thing that you need to unearth in order to make those signals louder and louder. Dickie, what do you think about this? I think <clears throat> where you want to get the, the frame of reference and the mindset to create is just start questioning every single thing you put out, where instead of I write something and then I move on to the next thing, just spark a curiosity in why things work start, you're, you're going to become a better reader and more inquisitive reader. When you have something that's grabbed your attention, you're going to say, why did this work? And all we want to do is train you here to just use the scientific method with, with your, with your writing. So I think you said it very perfectly, Cole, that there's not going to be one answer, but just use this as a framework for, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit down and think for about 30 minutes. What is the market saying? about my writing and how do I go about kind of understanding that? Yeah. The, the whole goal is to become a more curious writer. That's it. You're just, you're just asking why, why did that happen? And there's no objective answer. Like you, you can notice patterns. A lot of what Vicky and I are sharing with you are patterns that we've noticed in our own writing, but it's your decision. You know, it's, you're the one who's picking it apart. So we're going to talk about how to do that. So here is a great example of two things that I wrote that are very similar and yet very different at the same time. And, and I, I'm gonna walk you through how, when I write something, when Dickie writes something, the thought process that we're going through is we're trying to understand why did that work versus that one didn't work, right? And, and all that is, is kind of comparing the two and, and A-B testing your ideas, right? So here, real quick, just to, so it's clear, the one on the left, 15,000 likes. Mm -hmm. The one on the right, 200 likes, right? We're going to dig into very similar hooks, very similar things. You know, we're going to look at all the different things you could analyze to figure out why one of these worked and why one of these didn't. Yeah, and I just, I, you know, I want to get ahead of some of these things like, Annie, I saw, I see this in the, in the chat, right. Is when people go, oh, well, your, your flop comment is more than my, you know, my highest performing content. It is all relative. Okay. To someone with 300,000 followers, my breakout content is nothing. Right. And then to someone with a million followers, the person with 300 followers, their breakout content is nothing, right? So you don't want to get into this mindset of comparing because it's so, all relative. And I'll make, I'll make it real tangible with the math here. Cole has 
ballpark 50,000 Twitter followers. On the right, he got 200 likes. That is half a percent. So if you had 100 followers, that would be half a like. Just to put it in perspective here. Like, it may look like a big number, but you have to rel do it all relative to a base. So that 15,000 likes with 50,000 followers, boom, that's 30%. That would be 30 likes. So don't think about how many, think of it all in relative terms. That is, that's exactly right. Also half a like, <laughs> I'm going to think about that all day. It's half a like, <laughs> right. So if, if you, Annie, I, I think your breakout point is far above half a like, right? So, so this is, this is something that we, we, we're going to walk through in today's session is when you write something and it performs well, your very first thought should be, how do I do that again? Okay. So this one on the left, I came up with an idea. I was looking around my room and I was like, you know, I've read a lot of business books and I hated a lot of them. A lot of them were just a waste. I'm going to create a book list of the ones that I would recommend everyone read and you can deprioritize the other ones, right? Just the idea I came up with that day. And the thread went completely bonkers, right? Completely viral. I, I think it is my most viral thread to date. I wrote it like a week or two ago. So then the very next thought is a book list works, right? That's, that's my first takeaway. A book list works. Let me do it again right? So what's another type of book list? Oh, okay. How about sci-fi books, right? That's the next logical decision, right? How do I do it again? All right. And I go and write a sci-fi book list and comparatively it flops, right? Half alike, didn't really go anywhere. Okay. Now, when this happens, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm such a bad writer oh, Twitter's broken as a platform. Oh, right. Like all of these conclusions that people jump to right away. Instead, this is the thought process that I start to go through. Okay. This is the AB test. The AB test is, okay, what's different about the two? The one on the left, I'm using my credibility. I read 500 books, right? The one on the right, not my credibility. HBR says you should read more science fiction. Okay. One on the left, strong opinion. 99% of business books suck. Right. One on the right, no strong opinion. It's just, Hey, you should read more science fiction. Okay. One on the left I'm giving, and, and you can get as granular as you want. Right. One on the left, I wrote out 10 titles. One on the right, I only gave eight. Right. Who knows whether that actually matters or not? The important thing is that you're conscious of it. The important thing is that you go, oh, I understand what I did differently. Okay. One on the left, I used just the finger down emoji. The one on the right, I used the thread and the finger down emoji. Did that make a difference between how viral it went? Probably not, but I'm going to be aware of it. Right. I'm going to make a mental note. I did something different. And the one on the left, four lines, the one on the right, five lines. This is how you start putting things side by side and going, okay, why did this one work so well and this one not work so well? Dickie, I assume you go through a similar process. I mean, I didn't used to until I saw the way that you looked at everything you wrote. You're, you have this way of analyzing this of, okay, 
I don't think anyone just staring at these two could have come up with these five different data points that you could analyze for why the one on the right worked and why the one on the left or, you know, why one of them worked. And that in itself to me was, wow, this is a incredibly fun game to play. Every time I put something out, it's like, oh, I want to figure out why that worked, why it didn't. And I could just, you can, you can go almost off the deep end kind of playing around with this stuff of doesn't mean you have to go rewrite, but just it unlocks a new way of having fun with this, right? It's I write and then I study, I question, I explore, I experiment. And it, it goes from just writing to a, a full-blown, in my opinion, kind of video game, right? It's I'm going to figure out the rules of this game, figure out how to play it well, and then just double down on all those things, which we're going to dive further into. Yeah. And the, the big thing that I want to emphasize here is that there are different types of data points, you know, like a huge difference here. The first thing, because I was asking myself the same question. I was really surprised that my sci-fi book list flopped, right? So I'm going through this process too. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, wow. The biggest data point by far is the one on the left is my own credibility. And the one on the right is borrowed credibility, right? That is like a huge difference. That is way more impactful than I used one emoji versus two emojis, or I posted at 1 p.m. EST versus 4 p.m. EST, right? Like those smaller data points are where everyone tends to go to. They're like, oh, this one's 300 words and this one's 286 words, right? But I really encourage you to, in your hierarchy, you can be aware of that. But the, but the big data points you want to think about are like, whose credibility is this, right? Or am I using a big number or am I not using a big number? Or is this a controversial idea or isn't this a controversial idea, right? Those bigger data points are what are way more effective to test rather than I used one emoji versus two emojis. And just the last point on this, if you hear Cole talk during this entire thing, not one time does he say, the market is wrong. It's always, what am I not doing correctly? What am I not doing correctly? Versus the very beginning, when you put something out, it's like, ah, oh, people just, they need to catch on. They need to see my point of view. It's very ego driven instead yeah. of data driven, which is I'm going to figure out why things aren't working and fix them. So that's the subtle unlock to make of if no one's reading what you're doing, it's not that the market's wrong. It's that what you're doing is not playing the game correctly. So let's dig into how we can interpret that data. Oh, okay. So real quick, drop in the chat. Is this something you've been doing? Yes or no? I mean, is this, is this the first time you've ever thought about looking at uh, writing through a analytical lens? Or if you've been doing it in the past, you know, like, yeah, a lot of no's and that's okay. I mean, our hope is this is a big zero to one for people. And also, as far as I know, I'll be honest, I, I think we're really the only writing cohort program that even talks about this. Like every other type of writing thing is all focused around airy, hands in the air, creativity. You just got to feel it. Look out your window. You'll be inspired one day, right? I, it's There's a better way. There's a better way, okay? So that's our goal here is to show you objectively what are people interested in and double down on the data that's working. 
All right. So these are the five big data points worth paying attention to. Dickie, you want to walk walk people through these? Sure. So there are five real things that, so we talked in the very first call about internal signals where ease of writing, excitement to write, you know, how quickly you wrote something or this internal signals. And then you want to find that overlap where based on these analytics of market response, how you can go about kind of figuring out what works. So you have views, likes, comments, shares, peer approval. We're going to kind of tell you the difference, walk you through some examples of types of content that are going to lead to more views versus more shares versus more comments and how you can kind of gauge that um, a couple of different lenses to view it through. Yeah. So data point number one, views. Okay. The very first thing I want everyone to internalize is that views are the metric everyone is obsessed with. And they are also the most vanity metric. I have, I have had, and it is not an exaggeration, hundreds of millions of views on my work. And it took me about seven years to realize that that's fun to say, but it's really not the most important metric. It's not. So views, think of views as a very high level. Views are impressions, you know, it's one and the same. Very high level. It's just showing you what's buzzing. That's it. It's just, it's like looking at like which direction is the wind facing. Okay. Like, oh, there's a lot of momentum in this direction. There's a lot of momentum in this direction. The other thing to, to note is that we talked about this in one of the earlier sessions that it really depends on whether you're writing for a broad audience or a niche audience. If you're writing for a niche audience, views are not the best metric for you, right? Because you're not going to reach millions of people, or you're probably not going to. But that's okay because the people that you do reach are going to have a lot more engagement. They're going to be the ones commenting. They're going to be the ones sharing, right? That's what you want. Versus if you write about something with a huge topic category, like life advice or health and wellness or personal development or whatever, you might get a million views, but the engagement is really surface level. It doesn't lead to anything. So that's great. You got a million views, but, but what does that really get you in the end? Yeah. Think about it as a density metric, right? The, if, you know, Bill Gates, if your content had one view, but it was Bill Gates reading it, that's a pretty good view. Right. So they're not all views are created equal. So you want to think a little bit about what you're writing for by definition, right? If you're writing about a niche topic, like you said, Cole, there are going to be fewer people who can, who it's going to be relevant to, and you have to get okay, be okay with that. I think where a lot of writers get caught up in the not niching down is by definition, you are going to get fewer views and getting comfortable with that is kind of the biggest mindset shift you can make. Yeah. So don't, we, we say that as, look, if you get a bunch of views, cool, but don't put too much emphasis on this metric. Okay. The second is likes. So a like is what's interesting is this is really the lowest barrier thing that someone can do where they have to transition from being a passive reader to actually taking an action, right? So a view is just, hey, I, I scrolled past it right? Oh, a view, I saw it for a second and then I'm done with it, right? But a like is you go from passively reading to I am now going to take an action. And the interesting thing about likes is, again, even though I don't consider likes to be 
the most interesting metric, it's at least a signal that you're getting people to do something, right? Dickie, how do you perceive likes? I think likes are a resonance validation, nothing more. Then think about the question to ask here is what type of content do you like when you go through and you like something? It's usually, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on it. I'm not, uh, that's good. Like, thanks. I'm going to keep scrolling. By definition, you like and you like and go. So when you think about the density of an engagement, it's boom, on to the next thing, right? Ah, that's kind of cool. And I keep going. Yeah. The third is, okay, so you got some likes, you got some views. Comments are truthfully where a lot of the gold is. So when you see people commenting, that usually either means you've asked them a question and they're willing to take action to, to give an answer, to, to contribute, to participate. Two is you've said something controversial that sparks a debate. So you know, hey, there's something here. I can pull on this thread, right? Or three, you're, you're in some way encouraging participation either by, you know, you could be doing some sort of giveaway and people are like, I want, I want to participate. Or you said something that makes people want to ask you more questions. So you might write about, you know, startup advice and then someone goes, Hey, that's really great. Do you have any advice for healthcare startups? Right. They want you to get more specific. So whenever people ask you questions, those are amazing data points for the next thing that you should write. Dickie, have you gotten ideas from comments? I, I think it's, <laughs> I wanted to run an experiment where I start with one idea and I write every day for a hundred days, only answering like the, the problem that the market pointed out I should write about next, right? So I, I bet if I went and looked through these comments, one would say, oh, do you have a big list of questions like this? And the next day I would say, here's my list of questions. And then the next day I would say, here's how I actually go about collecting them. And then the next day would be, here's how I got interested in this in the first place, right? You just go down this rabbit hole of what are people, what about what you're saying is resonating and how can you, and this is why I think you, you only need one comment to, to expand on, right? You only need one person to say something of, oh, I'd like to hear it this way. And then you go do that because more than likely, if you answer their question one time, they're going to come back to you the next time with another question, right? So this, you don't need a big audience to use this technique. It really just needs to be one person saying one thing that should spark your curiosity, curiosity to go explore a hundred different things. Yeah. Number four, shares. Shares are the, I, I consider shares to be the holy grail. Uh, metric. Shares means that what you wrote was so good that other people want it attached to their identity, right? I mean, think about when you retweet something on Twitter, what you're really saying is that thing that that person created is so good that I want it on my profile, right? So a share is kind of like a public bookmark. And that's why I love, I love calling it this. Uh, it's, a, it's the bookmark test. Did you write something that someone would actually want to bookmark on their computer, that someone would want to attach to their profile, that someone would save and want to read multiple times in the future, 
right? That is a, it's a great forcing function for you to go, how do I make this more valuable? How do I make this more valuable? Yeah, this to me is, I use the bookmark test for writing anything kind of longer form is I want to write something that someone feels the need to tell everyone about. That's my indicator, right? This thread right here on Pixar clearly resonated with a lot of people, right? Four and a half thousand people were like, I want to share this with other people because it was, it was valuable. I also use something called the screenshot test, which is a, a relatively similar thing of anytime I write a tweet, I look at it of, are people going to screenshot this and send it in a group chat, right? Because they're sharing it, right? I mean, anytime I share an atomic essay, I want to think someone is going to send that thing to another person, right? That is the holy grail of anything you can do because by definition, it means you solved the problem. Yeah. By definition, it means, wow, I think you might have this problem too. So I'm going to send this your way. Or I think you might find this interesting too, because I know I did. I'm going to send it your way. So real, real quick, just to help, you know, train this method of thinking in your, in your mind, uh, real quick in the chat on this tweet, this lead in tweet that, that Dickie wrote, what are some of the data points that we can pull out from this tweet? And we'll give it a couple of seconds while people put, put their uh, answers in the chat. And then Dickie, I want to ask you, like, if you were to reverse engineer this tweet, what data points can you pull out to go, oh, I could repeat that. I could do that again, mm, right? Good. Here, give me a minute. Now there's some good ones in the chat here. Nice. Yeah, see, now I'm watching. See, everyone here, once you see it, you- I'm you trying not know. to look at the chat because I'm, I'm trying to come up with my own here. Yeah, this, uh, is, this great. is perfect. Everyone knows, like, once you see it this way, you can see the data points. You know, it's like someone pulls back the curtain and you realize, oh, like, every all writing is just a series of different variables. So, this is this is great. All right. So, I will share just a couple things I brain dumped right there. So, the very first thing was, okay, what about this framework? Could I repeat? So I took it and said, okay, what are some creative workflows of other famous companies? So Disney, so Marvel, so whatever, all those. I bet they have some kind of storytelling or creative framework. And so I said, okay, it could be a creative framework, could be storytelling framework. How do I just go Google storytelling frameworks from blank, blank, blank? Okay, that was one. Then it was, okay, this is rules for storytelling, rules for X. Okay, how could I go find rules for writing, rules for video making, right? And from some of these higher level companies. Another one is let's actually get more granular. I'm going to look at all the movies on here and do what are the storytelling lessons from Toy Story, from Monsters, Inc., from, you know, The Incredibles, right? Whatever it is. I bet there's, there's another six weeks of content just talking about those things. And then as I dig into the tweet itself of why the lead-in worked, it was, I use credibility from Pixar, the most creative company, Pixar. Interesting. 
there, I used the picture, right? A, a, an engaging picture. I said, back in 2011, moment in time, right? Ooh, I'm being told a story. The rules are a must read for writers, entrepreneurs, and anyone who wants to tell stories. Okay, people are interested in telling stories. I cast a wide net on this. And just to give you a, I knew when I was writing this that this had the potential to go viral because it's a massive audience. So as I wrote it, I didn't say for niche writers. I said writers, entrepreneurs, and anyone who wants to tell a story, right? Mm -hmm. I on purpose said, this is for everyone. Went against our advice of writing for one person because I know, but here's, here's the funny part about this thing. I bet if you dug through all the comments, most of them would probably be like, oh, this was cool. Nothing about me. Like there's people who read it who had no clue who I was, who I, by def, like to go that viral, you have to just expand the market. And that's the point. No one's like, wow, that dicky dude really did a good job with this. It was like, wow, Pixar, cool. Like, I don't care at all who wrote this. So that, you know, that's my entire way of thinking analytically about this piece of writing, just to kind of take you guys behind the scenes. That's, that's totally right. And then there's, yeah, there's a couple other really granular ones like picture, no picture, right? That's a data point. Um, the, even the first two sentences, the, the rhythm to it, right? The most creative company of the last 30 years, colon, Pixar, right? When I see something like that, I go, I want to repeat that rhythm, right? I've repeated that rhythm about 11 times. And I think we have some more examples, but the, the blank of blank colon blank is a, a repeatable framework that I've used about 50 times. So this is, this is, uh, again, all we're trying to point out is that this is what makes online writing a game. Okay. This is, this is what you're doing. You're trying a bunch of different variables. You're putting it out into the world. And then you're going, I wonder why that worked or didn't work. Let me tweak some variables and try it again. And so the only reason that I'm able to share these things with you or Dickie's able to go, hey, this is how I write these things is because we've just sat down and written a gazillion things and tried a bunch of different variables. And now we're going, hey, uh, we've been doing this for a while. Here's all the patterns we noticed. So here you go, right? But if you go do the same thing, you're going to discover probably new patterns that we haven't discovered yet right? That's the whole point. So it's not that there's like a right and a wrong way to write. It's that when you start trying things, you explore, you find one wor what works and then you can double down on them. Yeah, that was great. And then the fifth one, this is a cool data point. Um, you got to kind of look and, and watch out for it, but you can see, you know, who likes your content. You can see who retweets your content. Um, this is always an interesting signal is whenever you see people with large audiences, when you see people that have high amounts of credibility, when you see people uh, that have the blue check mark, you know, when you see people that you really look up to, when those people are engaging with your content, it's like what Dickie said, not all likes are created equal. Not all views are created equal. When you see people that you really look up to engaging with your content, that's a really great sign that you're onto something. Dickie, wasn't your first, I remember Tim Ferriss was one of your first big engaged with your thread, right? Uh, no, it's Balaji. So Bal or Naval, uh, Naval and Balaji a year ago, I wrote 
my 29th thread in 29 days, my first 28 went just about nowhere. Um, was about to give up, wrote one off, published it. And it was really the origin of Ship 30 when I realized that all you got to do is stick with this thing. And Naval liked it, Balaji liked it, a bunch of them. And the rest kind of was history from there. But yeah, same thing, right? You get your you're one shot on goal away from someone with a big following, giving it a big share. And you, I say it took me 40 weeks to go from zero to 200 newsletter subscribers, which was a waste of time. We, we could talk about that another time, but, and then 12 hours to go from 200 to a thousand. So yeah. just to give you some perspective of how this game works. I remember uh, a couple months ago, I wrote a thread on self-publishing and both Mark Manson and James Clear commented saying in favor of, no, I don't regret signing my book deal, you know? And all of a sudden I was in the comments with, you know, two of the most well-known nonfiction authors of our decade going back and forth about publishing and self-publishing, right? Like that can't happen on your blog. It's not going to happen on your blog, okay? But it can happen every day on Twitter or any other social platform. It's very cool. Yep. Okay, so real quick, drop in the chat. Is there a data point that you've been paying attention to recently? And is that the right data point? You know, at now that we've kind of walked through this, is there a different way that you want to go about measuring your success? Yeah, likes, but change to retweets. Paying attention to comments, comments and shares. The bookmark test, that's the, I, I love that. And you can even ask people, right? Like send it to, Dickie and I brainstorm stuff all the time. Find, find your friends and, and send them threads and things and, and be like, would you bookmark this? Yes or no? Yeah. Opt into a rapid fire intro today, have a new partner and go back and forth. Share your ideas. That's, don't, don't forget you have access to a community of people doing the same thing with you every single day. And you're one click away from meeting someone new. So, boom. All right, next. Okay, so this is, this is what it's all about. What it's all about is going, I noticed something. Now, how do I do it again? That's it. So inside TypeShare, you'll see, you know, these are all the, the different metrics down at the bottom. You know, you've got the little eyeball, that's views, right? The megaphone, that's um, uh, shares the, the like button, the little heart, the comments, the comment button, right? So if you click on any one of these, it's going to sort your content to the top with the most of that metric. So if you click comments, it's going to sort, Hey, here's all your content with the most comments right at the top. And so what you want to do is just, you know, every now and then every week or two, you know, this is something I've been doing on a weekly basis for 10 years. Okay. So it's not a, you do it once it's a, you do it forever. Click on the thing. And then you want to see what did I write that got the most comments? And then you want to ask, how can I do that again? How can I do that again? Okay. So Dickie, maybe you can talk about, uh, how you made magic twice here with basically the same exact idea. Yeah, so this was on the very first, I'll, I'll tell you actually the origin of the one on the right or the one on the left, right? So 
that's June 14, 2021. The one on the right is September 21st, 2021. So about four or five months apart. This idea that college failed me to write, failed to teach me how to write came from like a tweet I had. Someone was like, how'd you get into writing? I was like, well, I went to a, a good college and I didn't learn anything about writing. So I realized I had to learn it on my own. And that kind of blew up because I, I like name dropped that I went to Princeton and Princeton did a bad job teaching writing. And you had a bunch of people in the comments kind of going back and forth like, oh, that means you didn't learn, but what, whatever. It was to me a, a data point based on interaction and comments and engagement of this kind of struck a nerve. So I, I tucked that away in my toolkit of when I want to elicit some kind of emotional reaction, use that, right? If I want a spicy hot take to intro a thread, there it is. And I dropped it in June and it worked because all I did was basically say, college failed me and probably failed you too. Here's everything I learned. And I did that back to back, curating things I'd already written. So just to give you a framework, I, I basically said, okay, I'm doing the same type of thread. How can I rewrite it a little bit differently? And that's it. I used it again. And what'd you know? It worked almost the exact same. So notice, so here, here, just a couple things worth pointing out, right? The tweet on the left, exact same opener as Pixar. Oh yeah, there it is, right? Boom. Right? The world's most creative company, colon, Pixar. The world's most valuable skill, colon, writing effectively, right? So whenever you find something, do it again, right? Do it a hundred times, do it a thousand times. Make that part of your like, oh, I know that this is a great technique right? Second thing, the tweet on the left, the credibility was colleges charge you $120,000, but still do a terrible job teaching it, right? Credibility on the right was I spent 500 hours studying legendary writers and copywriters, right? So both really strong credibility slash opinions, both big numbers, right? But slightly different. So the takeaway should be both of these work, right? Oh, I can use the 500 hours line and framework mm. and I can use the, they charge you a big sum of money framework, right? So that's all we're, we're pointing out here is that there is not a objective, you do this one growth hack and then your life is all better, right? This is about trying different things and then seeing what works, right? And then notice the one on the left, nine writing frameworks, the one on the right, six writing frameworks. I bet those six are probably six of them that were in the nine, right? They're just repackaged differently. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is a, an infinite way of figuring out what works and using the same framework over and over and over again. But I love that, yeah, the Pixar intro on the left. If you like go through my Twitter and look at some of my most successful things, and this, I do this all the time with other writers that I see blowing up. I'm, I, it's a video game. I want to figure out what rules are they using to play this game well. And so I'll go study the top things they're doing. When are they, you know, what is it they're saying? How are they maybe saying something differently? What are the trends going on, right? Once you just immerse yourself in this game, all you want to do is figure out what's working. You go study my Twitter, you go study Cole's Twitter, you see us doing it in real time. Um, and yeah, very easy to just, find new things, try them, iterate and go from there. Yeah. That's, that's another just really helpful thing to remember is that 
while you can and should do this in your own writing, you can also do this with every other person you read. Like whenever Dickie has a thread go viral, I sit there, I read it, I pick apart the data points, and then I ask myself, how can I write my version of this thread, right? That's what you should do. If you see someone write something that really catches fire or achieves the, the outcome that you want to achieve, figure out how to do it too. I need to, I need to drop, um, I wrote a kind of an ironic thread one time that was my most successful one to this day. I had like 50,000 likes talking about Twitter advanced search. And then there was like 12 Twitter threads that came after that from other people using the exact same hook mm-hmm. almost to the word, uh, to talk about another internet tool. So I combined them all and was jokingly like, don't worry guys, everyone figured out this worked. Here's everyone using this exact framework. And then it was kind of dead. So that's how this game goes too, is people figure out what's working. Everyone rushes in to use it. So the goal is to kind of stay in the forefront of this thing. Um, but yeah, I'll link that. Maybe Daniel, if you can find that. Yeah. Why do you think after the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck came out, every self-help book on earth had a swear word in the title, right? Because everyone went, oh, that that works right? And then they all jump on the bandwagon. So this is just, this is how the game goes. You know, there's not a right answer. There's just, what's the next thing that people notice working? That's it. This is another great example. I wrote a thread that was a 101 thread. So again, notice the differences here. Ghostwriting 101, 6,000 likes, one of my most popular threads ever. I picked apart a bunch of data points and I said, you know what? I bet these writing 101 threads would probably do well. Okay, so I did freelancing writing 101, and then I did writing on Medium 101, then I did self-publishing 101, and I did memorable writing 101, right? Because A, I want to try and replicate the thing that proved to be successful, and two, I want to keep building my library of things that were valuable to people. Right? Like if readers said, hey, I loved reading about ghostwriting, there's a high likelihood they're probably also interested in freelance writing, as well as self-publishing, as well as writing on Medium, right? So everything you write should give you more ideas for more things to write about, you know? Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. I, I'm just going to say where my mind jumped right as I kind of scanned this page. Look at the size of the market for each of these and look at their relative success and look at the type of credibility. Right. So ghostwriting basically applies to anyone that could possibly write something. Right. Because it's, I could become a ghostwriter or I could have someone ghostwrite for me. Right. So that's going to resonate on both sides. Freelance writing, huge market. A lot of people want to freelance write. Writing on medium, much smaller. Right. Not quite as many people. Freelance writers can write on any platform, writing on medium, smaller market self-publishing 101, right? That is about as niche as it gets because you have to be publishing a book for that to to matter to you, right? So you can see, but I bet on self-publishing 101, the people who read that were like, oh my goodness, this made so much sense sense to me where the average person didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to give you how I would have interpreted all this and then just study, study the intros, right? Over the past few years, in 2016, over the past four years, right? Boom, boom, boom. Repeated proven frameworks that work time and time again. Yeah, notice the, here's my ultimate guide. Here's the ultimate guide, right? I mean, 
we're using almost the same words, the same phrases, the same stories, the same rhythms, the same patterns, right? And, and every person's going to find different things that work for them. Our hope is to just point out, this is how we're discovering it for ourselves. So you can discover your own for yourself. That, that, I think that's worth double clicking on. We're not saying here, hey, everyone go write threads that look like this, because right? it's not going to work. Right. The goal here is to show you that this was just our own case study of figuring out what worked for us. And everyone is going to have a different journey. When you find yourself only looking at what other people are doing and then trying to copy it, it's it's you're just you're always going to kind of be playing catch up versus taking your own writing and saying, what am I doing that has worked? How do I iterate that and kind of create my own way of finding my own proven frameworks? Because right, they're going to be different for every single niche, every single category, every single topic, right? You're, you're just trying to study your own writing process and figure out what's working. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. So here are a couple of things you can, you can repeat at a very high level. These are some of the things that you can question. So one is the category, right? When I wrote about ghostwriting and it took off, my first takeaway should be, I should write more about ghostwriting, right? If you write about how to start doing yoga and it takes off, your first thought should be, how can I write more about getting started doing yoga, right? So repeat categories and topics that are clearly working, okay? That's big point number one. Number two is if you tell a story, repeat the story. Right. I mean, Dickie, how many times have you used the micro uh, David Ogilvy story? Oh, uh, hundreds like the. Yeah. No, you find a story that works and boom, you can exploit, exploit, exploit. Yeah. It's whether it's your story, whether it's a curated story, whenever you find something that's hooking people's attention, use it again. Tell the story differently. Tell it with a different conclusion. I, I've shared this story constantly. I would write about my my teenage years as a gamer, but I would say, here's what teenage or here's what gaming as a teenager taught me about work ethic. Here's what gaming as a teenager taught me about time management. Here's what gaming as a teenager taught me about balancing gaming and school, right? So you're telling the same story over and over again, but with a different conclusion. Here's a different takeaway, right? Yeah, Cole, I think what we'll do is we'll do a deep dive into some of the ways we've actually gone and done these and we'll throw it in the deep dive post of how we let one data point take us down a rabbit hole of about six or seven different things because I know I have some good examples there too. Yeah, totally. The The third is the, the format, the way you're organizing the content. So this could be as granular as the, the Pixar one, two line, you know? Oh, I noticed that that little intro has a nice rhythm to it. Maybe, maybe that's what's working. I'm going to repeat it. It could be, oh, I did a 101 type thread. Okay, I want to do more 101 type threads. Or, oh, I wrote an atomic essay that is a really nice, neat list. And that worked. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to do more lists, right? So the format is like the way that it's packaged. And you just want to think, if this was packaged really well, how can I put a different idea in the same packaging and do it again and do it again and do it again? right? Daniel, you even did this. You, you wrote, maybe it was your first or second thread on like uh, no code, low code integrations. 
And I can't, I remember I commented and I was like, that is awesome. And then you wrote like 10 other threads on no code, low code integrations. Right. So that's a great example of like, when you find something that works, do it again, do it again, do it again. Cool. All right. So we got a few minutes for questions here before we jump in and do a little analytic roundtable breakout room. So drop some questions in the chat. We'll see if we can get to a few of them. And then also, if you have kind of bigger, more structural ones, throw them in the Q&As because I know we're going to have a bunch of questions this week on analytics, threads, all that. And so we're going to record a really good one that you can ask. Uh, hashtags, don't use them, period. Um, yeah. That's an easy one. Um, how long do you wait after publishing to start analyzing? It could be a day. could be you batch it and you publish a lot and you look at the end of the week, end of the month, just find a cadence that works for you. Um, best way to study your analytics side by side, just pick two things that have, you know, you got to, to, uh, to study it side by side, you got to post two things that you think you can compare like we've done. Does timing matter? Test it out. That's my answer to like, you'll find my answer to a lot of these questions of, should I do this or this? The answer is going to be both try it, test it, mm -hmm. you know? Threads or atomic essays. We answered that in the first. Uh, we answered that in the first Q and A. Depends what your goal is. Threads versus essays. Go watch the first uh, Q and A. That's the first question we answered. Profile visits. That's a good one. Not very many platforms show you that, other than Twitter. So we kind of left it out. So we keep it more general. Engagement rate is just um, on Twitter. It's engagement rate is like comment. You can look at ratios of things, right? Likes per view, likes per view. But that's that's two hundred one stuff that you kind of it's. I wouldn't above. worry. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. worry about that. I think it's more important to just notice like very high level. You know, like, oh, what's getting more likes? What's getting more comments? So why no hashtags? Is just hashtags to me are aesthetically. If like if you looked at my Pixar thread, if it was like the most famous, most creative company, hashtag Pixar, like here are the rules for hashtag storytelling, hashtag entrepreneurs. It would just be like, I don't want to read that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just a, it's a aesthetic thing. Most people don't know also that Twitter at this point, their search pulls both hashtags and keywords. So you don't actually need to hashtag entrepreneur to rank for entrepreneur. Twitter's already going to pull it. Yeah. If you want to give uh, credit to a fellow shipper, tag them at the end, say inspired by X tweet, show that format. And other shippers will find it helpful too, to see that you iterated on a, a framework or on something you've seen. Also, a lot of this too, I just, I really encourage this. Watch what other people do. Like watch how Dickie and I write on Twitter, watch how your favorite writer writes on Medium or Quora. Like, look at the people that you go, you're achieving the thing that I want to achieve and use them as a model. Like literally put their thing on the left and write your thing on the right and try and copy what they're doing and get used to trying to create like that. And then eventually you go, okay, I learned the fundamentals. Now I can go do my own thing. Yeah. And Honestly, if you want to study, just go look at our profile and kind of watch what we've done and make a little report 
I do swiping all the time of I'm going to, I see someone growing quickly. I'm like, Ooh, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. What are they posting about? What formats are they using? What topics are they using? How are they doing something different? Because by definition, when someone is growing quickly, they're doing something different. They're doing something that other people are not doing because they're getting outsized attention relative to the sea of other people. Mm-hmm. Atomic essays on Pinterest. That's a cool idea. We're actually working on that integration with TypeShare. Eventually, you can just check a box and then your uh, atomic essays will get uploaded as images to Pinterest too. So working on it. Atomic yeah, I mean, essays here's, on LinkedIn. Here's the I'm thing. not sure. Well, all of these things, threads or atomic essays, atomic essays on LinkedIn, should I write on Medium? The answer to all of these questions is try it. That 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 is the answer. It's because it works differently for everyone and there are no rules. You have no rules. You own the content. Go put it in as many places as you want. Try it and then come back to us, come back to the community and go, hey, I took it upon myself to try this different thing that I wanted to experiment with. I got an awesome result. I want to share it with everyone. That's all we're doing with you. We encourage you to go do it with the other people in the community. That's all it is. Great. These are good questions. Keep keep the questions going in the Q&A circle. Daniel, you want to drop that in the chat just so people can go ask that before we we jump out here? We only had 10 last week versus like 50 the first week. So that's your chance to get basically anything you want answered. And by the way, I just want to reiterate in the last cohort, last cohort or two, we had a similar question where, where people kept asking, do Twitter spaces work? Our answer was, go try it. And then a bunch of people came back 30 days later and said, hey, uh, we started doing these Twitter spaces where we would talk about our atomic essays and we all grew a bunch. We all got hundreds and thousands of followers. It was amazing. We went, great. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with the community. Let's, you know, now other people can try it. So we're giving you the fundamentals. These are the tools. Now go apply them. Boom. All right. Let's do some breakout rooms.